listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Have you ever received negative feedback or a complaint? Or have you been attacked by haters and trolls? We've all had this happen at one point or another, and most of us decide just to ignore them altogether. Today's guest is Jay Bear, and he says that haters and trolls are our most valuable customers and that we should nicely respond to each of them. This is unconventional wisdom that I have not followed in the past. In today's conversation, Jay will walk us through points from his book, Hug Your Haters. Jay is going to teach us how to keep our customers by embracing these complaints. Get ready to learn how to handle haters, trolls, and the complaints that you're receiving. Here is my conversation with Jay Bear. Jay, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. Alex, fantastic to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I have a confession to make before we get too far into this. Oh, God. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> After reading your book, Hug Your Haters, which, fantastic name, by the way. Thank you. I realized I've actually been handling haters, complaints, and trolls completely wrong. Uh, my assumption was it's best just to ignore them. I had the mindset, of, I'll, I'll be the bigger person, right? And I'm sure, hopefully, I'm not alone in this. Have you seen other people doing this as well? Oh, of course. I would say, if anything, the conventional wisdom is that you should ignore the haters, but that conventional wisdom is incorrect. My eyes have been opened, if you will, after reading this, I really realized that I was, I was missing out. And I want to definitely dive into that today. So to kind of start off, how can we embrace complaints? And why should we do that? Well, number one, there's no perfect business. And you're always going to have dissatisfied customers at some level, some more than others. And obviously, you want to try and minimize that. But the reality is, you're always going to have some people who are who are unhappy. And and what we've always thought is, well, if somebody's unhappy, let's not kind of get into that because we're just going to make it worse. But I did tons of proprietary research for this book. It was a real national study on the science of complaints, who complains, where, why, under what circumstances, and what happens after they complain. And what we discovered, Alex, in this research is something really fascinating. We discovered that when you answer an unhappy customer, even if you can't fix the problem, and in many cases you can't, it's already happened, but even if you just answer them, it increases their advocacy, their likelihood to promote you or say nice things about you by as much as 50%. When you, when you don't answer the customer, as most people don't, that they sort of take that ignore the haters advice to heart. If you don't answer the customer, it further reduces their advocacy by approximately 25%. So when you answer a complaint, you have a chance at making good things happen. When you don't answer a complaint, you definitely have no chance of making good things happen. And, and, I'll, and, and I know this has happened to you. Let me, let me spin it around the other way if I could, Alex. Yeah. Has it ever happened to you that you complained about a business? You ever complained to a business? Yes, I have. <laughs> Has it ever, have you ever had a circumstance where you complained to a business and they didn't say anything to you about it? They never answered you? Not that I complain often. I've done it just a handful of times, but I've never had anybody respond. And how often after they ignored you, did that make you feel better? Uh, obviously never that never doesn't, doesn't right. help of course but then <laughs> as when we when we when we flip it and we put on our business hat we routinely ignore complaints uh -huh. when we know as as human beings 
when we complain and we don't hear anything back, it makes us feel worse. So we have this, we, we operate, we live by this crazy double standard, right? That we are not doing what we want as human beings when we're coming at it from the business side. And, and it's, it's nonsensical, right? My friend Shep Hyken is a terrific uh, customer service, customer experience author and speaker, has a great line on this. He says, a customer you ignore is a customer you should be prepared to lose. And he's exactly right about that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You actually talk about in the book, you use this line, haters are not your problem, ignoring them is. That's right. And uh, when I read that, it, it kind of, that was the light bulb moment for me. It was pretty early in the book. So uh, that's where my confession came from. I started reading, I was like, uh oh, I'm doing this wrong. So <laughs> I, you know, I dove into the book, but you talk about how this is becoming a spectator sport. Right. Customer service. Can you talk about that a little bit? What does that mean? It's a spectator sport. Well, look, this book uh, could not have been written a few years ago because it wouldn't have actually been true. The big change is that more and more of our customer interactions take place in public. For hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, since caveman days years, our customer interactions were primarily private. Like if you, if you bought some meat uh, from a caveman, from Blorg or whatever, in the caveman town that you lived in, and that meat was rotten, and you'd be like, dude, this is wrong. I got to go talk about this rotten meat. I got to go see Blorg. What were your options, right? You drag the meat down the street till you get to Blorg's cave and you're like, bro, this is, you know, not fair. <laughs> right. That was like your only option, right? And yeah. then fast forward like 10,000 years and, and, and maybe you could call somebody or like send them a fax or a note or a letter uh, or an email. But, but all of that was, was, was hidden from view. So if Blorg was like, Hey, Alex, you know, buyer beware, tough, sorry, you know, uh, that's your problem, not mine. You bought the meat. You could be really upset about that. And you could swear to never buy meat from Blorg again. And you could tell all your caveman friends, man, Blorg is a dishonest caveman, but that's it. Like that, it w that's, that's all that would happen mm -hmm. now though, in the last, let's say 10 years, as more and more customer interactions have moved online, when they go online, more often than not, they are public. So that's complaints on Twitter, it's Facebook, it's ratings and review sites, it's all these places that are essentially online word of mouth, all these places that we express our opinions that other people can see. So the fundamental shift is not in how we deal with customers. The fundamental shift is in the economic consequence of how we deal with customers. Because if you had terrible customer service before, who cares? Now, people will light you up online, right? They see the one-star review and they see whether you responded to it or not. They see the mean tweet and whether you responded to it or not. So the economic value of any customer interaction is not solely the customer at hand. It's that person's money and the money of everybody else looking on from the sidelines. And it's not at all uncommon, Alex, for somebody to post a review on TripAdvisor, for example. And if you look on the site, sometimes it will show this. 11,000 people have read that review. You know what the economic value of that is? One review. Yeah, it's substantial. Yeah, that's and that's how the game has changed, right? That now that it's a spectator sport, the financial implications are much different, which is why I like to say 
that customer service is marketing. Now, if you are really good at customer service and people see that in public, it can actually create customers and, and become uh, an additive to your business. Because for the overwhelming majority of length of time that businesses have existed, all the way back to Blorg's caveman days, customer service has largely been viewed as an expense, not as an opportunity. And now it's an opportunity. I think that's such a fascinating way to look at it. This is why we should embrace these complaints, especially these public ones, is it gives you an opportunity to actually market yourself if it's done correctly. And I think that most companies assume, like me, that we, we handle it correctly by not responding and things like that. I know you've done some research on this even. Most brands would say that they're good at customer service, right? <laughs> yeah, almost everybody would say that. In fact, the research, uh, it's not mine, it's from Bain. Uh, the consultancy found that 80%, 80% of businesses say when you ask them that they deliver superior customer service, 80%. Hmm. And then you ask customers and they say 8%. Of businesses. There's a there's a disconnect. Yes, a significant disconnect. There's like, have you ever seen this stat? I think it's it's like 73%. Don't quote me on that. It's somewhere in that ballpark of people say they're excellent drivers. And I'm like, that's yeah. definitely not true. There is, right. there is no way is that true. Uh, but but you know, you've heard this saying you can't see the label of the jar that you're in. Mm -hmm. I think that really applies to customer service as well. Most people in a business say they have superior customer service because they have no idea what the actual experience is of their customers. People don't buy from themselves, right? All they're doing is looking at a report here and there and say, oh, you know, 72% of customers are, dis are satisfied. Look at that the other way. That means 28% of your customers are not satisfied, right? So right. Uh, it's, it's, it's very easy to lose perspective um, when, you, when it comes to customer service. Creating a brand, I don't know if this is convicting you, but I'm realizing that I may not be as great at customer service as I like to think that I am. But Jay, what you're saying is that a great way for us to really step up in this area would be to engage and respond to haters, trolls, and complaints instead of just ignoring them. Am I understanding this correctly? Absolutely. And, and there's sort of two types of complaints, right? So you've got people who complain on stage, which means it's public and that's social mm -hmm. media, review sites, Yelp, TripAdvisor, et cetera. And then off stage, which is the legacy channels like phone and email. Uh, over time, and this probably is somewhat obvious now, but it wasn't uh, when I first published the book, more and more customer interactions are happening in social media, ratings and review sites, et cetera. And that will continue uh, as, as the generations turn over, right? As millennials become dominant buyers and then Gen Z, their comfort with technology and their manifest discomfort with legacy channels will, will set up a circumstance where almost all of your customer interactions are digital. I mean, my kids, I have two college students um, uh, who are children of mine and they don't talk on the phone like ever, 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 right. like, ever, right? So even if they have a complaint, they're not calling anybody. And so we have all these businesses and they have, you know, it's known as a quote unquote call center because it used to only be phone calls. That ain't gonna exist much longer because people will just stop calling. Uh, and so when you have these people who complain online, it's incredibly important uh, to respond to them for the psychological reasons we talked about a minute ago, that it actually has a material impact on the likelihood that they will become a customer uh, again. And, and really the hug your hater system can be really encapsulated this way, Alex. You should answer every customer in every channel every time. Every customer, every channel, every time. But very few businesses do that. 
Very few. Now you're saying respond to all of them. I don't know if you spend any time on the internet, but uh, people are getting more aggressive. I mean, the, yes. the term troll and hater is becoming stronger and stronger. People are just very bold uh, with their negative reviews. And I think for me, the reason that I've always just said, okay, don't respond is sometimes my own emotions. Because if I respond, I'm going to lash back at times. I don't know about you, if you've ever done that before, but oh, I have. Right. That's the feeling that, that I have at times. How do you recommend to to actually handle these responses? First, Alex, you have to understand that that doesn't make you unusual or a bad person. It mm -hmm. is literally brain chemistry. We actually talked to, when I wrote the book, some psychiatrists about this exact point. And it turns out that when you find a complaint about your business, and if this is especially true for small businesses, because small businesses tend to have a little bit more of a personal connection to the business because it's closer, closer held, right? Um, it, it, when somebody complains about your small business or about you, it feels like somebody is telling you that your baby is ugly. Mm -hmm. And nobody likes to hear that, even if they know for sure that their baby is in fact ugly. <laughs> and the problem is, according to psychiatrists, when you come across a complaint, even if the complaint is well-founded, it triggers, literally triggers something in your brain. And it is very similar to what happens when you are in mortal danger. It literally triggers the fight or flight reflex, which is why it is not at all unusual that people either A, ignore a complaint, which is the flight part of fight or flight, or they answer back with anger. And that's where you get into, there's many legendary online circumstances and case studies of businesses who, who you know, encountered a negative review or like, oh yeah, you know, we spit in your soup or, you know, whatever. And it's like, right. back and forth, you know, maybe it's very, very entertaining it uh, is. as a spectator, but I don't think a lot of businesses grow as a result of that. I would uh, it's, say not. It's not, not really the best practice. And so what you want to do is respond quickly because speed does matter but not so quickly that you're reacting. You, you've got to give it a minute or an hour or whatever. Typically, I say, you know, two, four hours. Let yourself chill. Good advice. And then respond. Um, and I, I got to tell you, as somebody who's online constantly, I have made that mistake and not just once. And in fact, I even wrote the whole book on this and I still make this mistake on occasion. You know, I will get um, some sort of criticism or negativity and I will lash out uh, in anger. Uh, I was a, a, a communications minor in college with a specialty on Socratic argument. So I'm a really good arguer. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I always feel like I can argue somebody to death and it doesn't ever work. I might win the argument, but I'm going to lose the war and I'm going to lose the customer or lose the friend or what have you. For me, it, it comes back to my days in, in email, corporate America, uh, where I had many times, uh, more times I'd like to admit, hit the send button on an angry email without oh, yeah. reading it. You know, two hours later, you get a response or you're in somebody's office and they've got the email printed up. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, did I really write that? <laughs> did I really say all that? Uh, you got to get a little bit of space from, from the emotion side of it. And I think for me, when I look at a perfect example is I just did a new, a new startup. It's called podmatch.com. It's helping podcast guests and hosts get connected, but it's early stage beta and we're letting people on. We even have the disclaimer. It's going to be a little bit slow and it's not pretty yet. And then I'm getting emails, people saying the website's super slow. Are you going to do anything about that? And you know, in, <laughs> in my head, I want to be like, did you read anything I said? You they know, didn't, they didn't <laughs> right? I promise you and that. So I haven't responded to some of those, but I now have the 
the strategy for going back and actually handling this correctly. But I think that some of us, we just see things uh, in today's world and everything looks like a chance to argue or to prove a point or to defend yourself. But you're saying that's not the right reaction when it comes to actually hugging your haters, as we're calling it. Yeah. And instead, you want to sort of use that complaint as a positive, almost in a jujitsu fashion. A couple of things I want to point out in that regard. First is when somebody complains and you can actually fix it satisfactorily when you can solve the problem, those customers become more loyal and actually purchase more than people who never complained at all. People who complain and you fix it are literally mathematically your most valuable customers. Second, out of every 100 dissatisfied customers, only five will complain. And that's across all the contact mechanisms. That's phone, email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Yelp, anything else, five out of 100. So what that means is 95 people were like, man, that website really is slow, but they just don't care enough to send you a note. And when you think about that, the five people out of 100 who are literally using their time to tell you that you could do something better, they are giving us an enormous gift. They are saying, hey, I care enough about the success of you and your enterprise to let you know that maybe you could do this a little bit better. And I mean this when I say it. Those people, the people who actually complain, are the best possible customers you can have. Nobody treats them like that, however, but they are incredibly valuable. And, and my friend Aaron, who used to be the head of guest services and, and customer experience at a, a chain of bakeries and cafes called La Pan Quotidienne, was super, super great at this. So Aaron used to have this program when she worked there, and they've got like 400, uh, uh, 400 locations worldwide. They run a really good business. Uh, if you've ever been to a, an LPQ, they're solid. But, you know, like any sort of, especially a restaurant, they're going to have an off day. They're going to have unhappy customers. Mm -hmm. you, you get a negative review on Yelp, TripAdvisor, you know, email, Twitter, whatever it happens. So what she would do, though, if somebody lit them up with a one-star review, she would um, answer them in public, as you should always do. Hug your haters every channel, every time. And then she would send them a direct message, private message, and say, hey, I just answered your review in public. Um, thanks for taking the time. But, you know, I've been thinking, you are a particularly perceptive customer. You notice things that other customers just don't see. We could really use somebody like that around here. Would it be okay with you if we sent you a $50 gift card every month? And we'll do that as long as you promise to visit a La Panquitidian location twice per month with your $50. And just fill out this detailed survey of your experiences each time. Would you do that for me? And they have more than 150 of these secret shoppers now worldwide visiting and filling out super detailed surveys of every experience, which is incredibly valuable insights for their operations yes. team and their customer experience team. And it costs them gift cards. So in your own circumstance, Alex, if somebody says, hey, the Podmatch website is too slow, I would send them an email that says, I got to tell you, you've got a lot of things to do in your life. I know that to be true. I really appreciate you taking just a moment to let me know that the site wasn't fast enough. I do want you to know that we're working on that. However, so few people even pay attention to website speed. You really seem to have a knack for this. Would it be okay if I asked you to review the next version of the site in detail? 
and then send me a whole analysis of what you think we could do better. If you could do that, I'd love to give you a discount on your first Podmatch subscription. Jay, that is a brilliant strategy that I'm writing down and using right now. What you just described turns a hater into a valuable asset for your brand because you can learn a lot from the five people that are complaining about the 95 people that are staying silent. Yep. The five is not what kills your business. That's the mistake people make. They think, oh, look at all these people complaining. The five doesn't kill your business. The silent 95, that's what kills your business. Because mm-hmm. they just they just disappear, right? They just, they just poof. Like, where's, where's all my money? Like, where, how come they don't come to the restaurant anymore or whatever? They, don't, they used to come all the week. They used to come for a haircut all the time or for personal training or whatever the deal is. And now they're gone. Where did that person ever go? They're one of the 95 who didn't care enough to complain. And they just left. As a thank you for listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, I'd like to invite you to join our private community for free. If you text the word community to 1-904-299-8992, I'll respond with a free invitation link. Once you join, I'll connect you with other community members and resources to help accelerate your success. Join today by texting the word community to 1-904-299-8992. I'm looking forward to talking to you within the Creating a Brand community. And now let's get back to today's episode. At this point, I'd like to transition this conversation into some actionable points for the Creating a Brand listeners today. Mm Jay, in the Hug Your Haters book, you have a step-by-step playbook for handling onstage public haters. Mm -hmm. Can you quickly summarize this for us today so we have a clear understanding on how to handle these public complaints, haters, and trolls? Yeah, I mean, I'll just summarize it. You know, the first thing is you got to listen harder, right? You you know, we think that, well, if they call us, we'll answer the phone. If they email us, we'll get the email. But especially when you start talking about onstage complaints, they can be in a lot of places that maybe you're not routinely looking, right? So you got all the social media channels, you got all the ratings and reviews places of which there's more and more all the time. You've got all the discussion boards and forums out there. You got to look harder. That's first and foremost, right? You got to listen harder. You got to find complaints um, because a lot of times complaints, especially online, aren't direct, they're indirect, Mm -hmm. right? So you see this all the time in Twitter. Somebody will say, it's like, oh, you know, I had such a terrible lunch today and they don't tag the business. Or they say, I had a terrible lunch at name of restaurant, but they don't actually at sign the business, right? So it depends on how you've got your social listening tools set up. You may or may not even see that as a company. So you just have to listen harder. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, is you have to be quick, as we said, especially online, the expectation for response time is fast. Right? It's a lot faster than it is offline. So if you're going to respond, and you should, you've got to set up your business or your own time so that you can handle it pretty quickly. And then third, and this is really the key, is, is you've just got to respond with empathy. Hmm. You know, the reality is this. You have no idea what's actually happening in that customer's life, especially right now. You've got no idea. Were they just laid off? Does their mom have COVID? Did they just get evicted from their apartment? You've got no idea what their deal is. So maybe they're having the worst day of their life. They just happen to take it out on you. This actually has me recalling a keynote that I heard you give a while back. And you said, deal with the emotion first and the information second. Yeah. The ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes is a lost art that if we can master we'll respond much differently to haters and complaints. 
Empathy is key to breakthrough in any conversation that has any sort of tension or disagreement in it. Now, Jay, I have one more question on this because I know it's part of your playbook as well. As we're responding to haters, trolls, and complaints, even if we're responding in an empathetic way, I find that the conversation can start getting very drawn out, whether negative or positive. You have a rule for this. Can you share that with us real quick? Well, the first thing you got to make sure you do is not get into a back and forth. And that's so easy to do, especially online. You get sucked into the argument. So this is a really important um, thing to remember. It's Jay Bear's rule of reply only twice. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Doesn't matter what the customer says. Doesn't matter what the channel is. You never reply more than twice ever. Because if it's positive, they're like, we love you. You're like, oh, thanks for leaving a review. We love you too. And they come back, no, we really love you. You're like, yes, still love you. Like if there's, still, there's no third time, it doesn't help you any. <laughs> right. That's more likely to happen in a negative circumstance. Customer says, you suck. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. What do we do? And they come back and say, you just suck. You're like, oh, how can we fix it? Like, I don't want to fix it. You're just the worst, right? Just walk away from the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Right. After two rounds, you have demonstrated to that customer and to the spectators that you actually care, that you want to engage, that you're rational, reasonable and empathetic. And if that customer doesn't want to go down that path with you, they just want to vent. You just got to let them because usually what they want is you to get into a back and forth. What they want is to get into an argument. Right. And don't let them do that. Just be like, sorry, you feel that way. We'll do better next time. Peace. That's it. Right. Uh, Not only will that will that provide a lot better outcomes for you? It is incredibly emotionally satisfying because you're like, Hey, I gave it a shot. Didn't work. Not going to win them all. Moving on to the next one. Right. It really makes a difference. I've had so many huge companies, enormous fortune 50 companies uh, who now use the reply only twice principle and send me notes all the time and say, it's really changed how they handle customer service. There you have it, creating a brand. The four points from Jay Bear's Hugging Your Haters onstage playbook. Look and listen harder for complaints. Be quick with your responses. Respond with empathy. Never reply more than twice. This is brilliant, Jay. Thank you so much. You bet. Now, before we let you go today, can you leave the audience with one final piece of advice or wisdom on the topic of handling your haters? Especially for new businesses and and smaller companies, just remember, it's almost never personal. Feels personal, but it's not actually personal. And also remember that regardless of the complaint, there's almost always a kernel of truth in it. Even if you're like, oh, that's crazy. We'd never do that. That's not how I behave. That's not how I look. Not That's not my deal. When you really kind of step away a little bit and and think about it, in almost every case, there's usually some truth uh, to to the complaint. And if you choose to ignore that, well, I think that's on you. It's excellent. Jay, thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate your time. Uh, my pleasure. Jay easily has the best perspective on embracing complaints and handling those trolls and haters that come along. I actually really learned a lot from this episode, as you could probably tell, and hopefully it'll keep my blood from boiling every time I run into these situations. Instead, I will turn them into opportunities. I hope that you'll do the same as well. I'd actually love to hear your creative way of handling complaints and any of the trolls and haters that have come along the way. 
And if you have a great story about a complaint that you received, something really ridiculous, I would also love to hear that. If you will, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 056. There's a place at the bottom page where you can leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Jay, thank you again for being a guest and helping us all understand how to hug our haters. This really was a fun conversation. For more about Jay Bear, including links to his phenomenal podcast that you're going to want to check out and a link to Hug Your Haters and his newest book, Talk Triggers, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 056. Thank you as always for listening. I'm looking forward to bringing you another Masterclass episode next week. 